This is an ohs.com.au production. Welcome to episode 20 of the Australian Health and Safety Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Daniel Scott, who is an emergency management advisor. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thanks. How's yourself? Yeah, fantastic today. Um, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Tell me a little bit about uh, what what you're currently doing in relation to health and safety. So my current remit is actually very uh, specialised at this point, which is which has been very interesting. So I'm working purely in emergency management, and I've been doing that for the last nine months. It's been really interesting uh, going into a, a, a very uh, pointed area of health and safety, something that uh, that I wasn't really expecting to happen. I quite enjoyed the, you know, the, the the general nature of health and safety. You're across a whole lot of different different industries. You're across a different group of you know different groups of people, and um, generally not not specializing in one particular area it's it's very uh it's, it's very broad and diverse but uh yeah the emergency management side has been a, a very big eye-opening aspect for me in uh in this role so yeah yeah so so does that mean that it's because I, I mean I, I think of emergency management as hopefully something that doesn't happen too often but does that mean that there's lots of sort of i don't know time sitting around between emergencies or is it not like that no (laughs) (laughs) no no not at all and this is honestly where i thought it would end up i i I actually thought there would be a a lot of time between uh between projects and and between working on things but uh, honestly this has been one of the most intense uh, positions I've held in the last, uh, it's been nearly 10 years uh, of, I've been in, um, directly in health and safety uh, in, in lesser capacities. I've, I've been in health and safety for 12 years. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, but this, this has well and truly been the most intense uh, role that I've held. And what got you, I guess, what put you down this trajectory? What What was the lead up to you know, you putting your hand up to say, okay, I'm going to move into emergency management. It's interesting. I was, uh, I, I came into the, the the service provider industry from uh, chemical manufacturing. So uh, I, I, um, I, I spent a lot of my early career in, in, in sort of high, high risk industry. And, uh, yeah, the what what actually brought me here was some experience I had with asbestos, and um, we had quite a bit of construction going on uh, in the in the place that I worked, and we had to handle asbestos on a fairly sort of regular basis just because of the the, the legacy of construction materials used in in the time that that, uh, that this place was constructed, and. There was a gap in the business that I ultimately ended up being contracted to that 
necessitated a person who had some experience with asbestos handling and, and asbestos registers and that sort of thing. So I came in and uh, managed that aspect, brought them to to you know to to the common standard or, or up to up to best practice and. Um, and then from there, I went into sort of more generalist uh, health and safety role. And then this secondary gap opened up and they said, well, you did quite well with the asbestos side of things. Do you want to manage the emergency management for us? And I went, sure. <laughs> Why okay. not? That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not not really having a big or a solid grasp of what that was going to mean. Uh, so um, yeah, it was it was very eye opening from the time I came into this role. But do you think that you know, um, I guess people in the health and safety role or, or help with a health and safety background, you get to a point in your career where you learn enough. So if you don't know how to do something, all the other experience helps you work it out. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of my early experience, and not even just in the safety industry, but in in other other industries that I've, uh, oh sorry, not not my safety roles, but in other roles that I've worked in that I can call on in yeah in in every role that I've held. Um, it's you know from 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 communicating with people to finding new and interesting ways to do things. There's always experience that you can call on um, yep. from, yeah, from your, your early career, from other careers, from friends and family. Um, yeah, my my dad was a health and safety inspector uh, for the government. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, there's there's a lot of uh, lot of experience to call on there as well. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely a, def- a whole range of places that you can you can call on for you know yeah you can call experience from. So with um, like what define what what is considered to be an emergency in your current role uh, and. The, and you, it sounds like it's ongoing. So it's like, has something, has an event happened that's triggered? You know, there's an afterflow of effects after that event, or what exactly? What exactly would be defined as an emergency? That's an interesting question because there's lots of things that can be defined as an emergency. So, because I work in the financial sector now, there's a whole range of uh, of regulatory uh, governance that 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 sits in the background that can impact what is considered an emergency mm-hmm. so where we might have for example a power failure there's yeah yeah there's that's yeah that that's considered an emergency because we need to be able to take people from one one floor the, the business needs to needs to be able to continue doing what it's you know what it's designed to do, and uh, then the emergency management aspects kick in, and we start shipping people around from one place to another to to make sure that that, that processes can continue. Uh, we start looking at making sure that that any critical aspects of those jobs are are being uh, diverted to other places and. That sort of thing. So that's 
that's all considered an emergency, um, and uh, that that comes from a, a, like I said, a range of uh, a range of regulatory uh, places in in the financial industry. But then, on a more physical aspect, we have say a, a building fire, for example, a a flood, uh, anything like that is is also considered an emergency. Uh, then, because we have a lot of uh, it's, it's it is the financial sector, and, and there's a lot of focus on the financial sector at, at this point in time. We've we've got to look at things like uh, aggressive or angry customers. We've got to look at aspects of uh, a potential for a, um, a say a, a loan shooter or something along those lines. So we're we're always looking at what what potential uh, emergencies could crop up. Mm, yeah, so it's yeah. not just it's not just reactive. It's also no. being pro- being proactive to make sure that you know if it hits the fan, you've got you've got all the systems in place to to act pretty quickly. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that takes up the bulk of the the job. To be honest, it's not there's there's not a, there's not a lot of reactive uh, reactive aspects. To this role, which is good, um, yeah. but you've got uh, a plan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. And yeah. so, give us a give us a flavour for the the size of the organisation you're working for. Like in terms of, you know, are they looking after properties or how many staff and what's, yeah, the, so, what's the geographical footprint? So the the geographical footprint. So the organization I work for being Cushman and Wakefield is global so they they have offices all over the world um, predominantly America Europe and uh, yeah predominantly America and Europe but then we've got a growing footprint in uh, in the Asia Pacific region as well so which which is really good um, yeah, I'm just having a quick look online. They're, they're listed on the New York Stock Exchange and yes. got a, that was a, uh, eight eight billion US of revenue per annum in 2018. So yeah, yeah, pretty big. <laughs> they they are they are quite big. Yeah, that's very true. And they so the the US Stock Exchange was a recent development as well. Something oh, okay. That, uh, yeah, that only happened last year. So that, okay. that was a, a big a big step forward for the for the organisation, which was great. And, uh, it and just so shows... they essentially what they manage big office blocks. Do they? Is that the is that the main yeah. core of the business? Yes. Uh, there's there's two really two main sort of cores of the business. One is the uh, real estate sales. Yes. And the other side is is property management. So yeah, yeah. we we look after uh, we look after quite a few large office blocks around uh, around Australia and in Asia, and uh, uh, we also contract out to other organisations to look after their real estate for them. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a full end to end service provision. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be. Interesting with as you were saying with some of those older buildings that you know maintain maintaining asbestos registers and even some of the technology in buildings now like it you know it's really varies doesn't it between depending on building ratings and all that sort of thing. It does very much so yeah and with the with the way technology is is running now there's 
a much bigger focus to stay in touch with what's happening in that space and making sure that we're keeping abreast and, and putting steps in place to make sure that, uh, that that these things are taken care of, that our, our customers remain at the forefront of these things as well. So, yeah, there's a lot that so goes into it. Does your role go down to things like as micro as, you know, uh, office block we're looking uh, after in Melbourne has, the you know, the air conditioning systems have malfunctioned and it's yep. either too hot or too cold and... Yep, goes <laughs> right down into that detail, yes. <laughs> yeah. And that that then means that we're dealing with with uh, building oh, like managers, property managers, owners, and yeah. uh, making sure that, uh, that 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 yeah, we, we're keeping on, or that they are keeping on top of those things that those air conditioners are being properly maintained. That, yeah, um, yeah, uh, that, that every aspect of the building is being maintained appropriately. So yeah, we we have a, a, a very strong connection with the landlords, with building managers and owners, and and then down into the employees as well. So I deal very directly with employees um, in in the emergency management front. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So how big would your how big would the team be? That the emergency management team. Well, there's one of me. Um, I look after the emergency management for the for the uh, the company uh, that that I'm contracted to, and uh, then I've got at the moment around about a thousand wardens, and then we've got uh, first aid staff on top of that as well. And yeah, so uh, it's it's quite a it's quite a big. Uh, okay, even mani- even managing role. the even managing just the training would be must be massive with all you know it, it different is, yeah, wardens yeah. and first aiders in different places. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, we've we've contracted that to a, a third party, the delivery of the training, but then it's also making sure that the this, that each location knows that the training is coming, that yeah. they are able to take people away from their core job to 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 um sit through the training for say 45 minutes to an hour and mm. uh yeah so there's there's a lot that goes into that um to to organizing those aspects yeah well it sounds, I mean, it sounds like it would be really interesting it's never there would never be a dull moment with all those moving parts <laughs> no constantly, <laughs> constantly putting out fires i'd imagine <laughs> that's very true yeah yeah it, it is and um it's getting better the, the more that we've been focusing on these things and we're getting a lot of, uh, there's, I have to say, there's the, the credit to the senior management of the group that I work for. They are extremely committed to making sure that this works properly. Mm-hmm. And that in itself has been one of the best... Um, um, well, I guess it's support, isn't it? If, it if is. It's being, if, if it's being led from the top and an initiative led from the top and everyone knows of how important it is. It's... It, it, exactly, yeah. It, yeah, definitely. The, the support, support's the right, the right word. Is, is, yeah, support is fantastic for, for this, which is really good. And so I guess for the listeners that maybe they've, you know, maybe they've just uh, finished a health and safety degree at uni or something like that would you have any advice on you know how they can start their career in health and safety because it seems like really you can like how did how did you get to where you are like what was 
what was your sort of pathway to? So my pathway is a little bit uncommon, I think. Uh, I started, so when when I started working for the in, in chemical manufacturing, I started out as a casual worker on the floor and I didn't have any formal qualifications or, or anything at the time. And I got really curious about how we made sure that the products that we were handling, the way we were handling them, that all the processes that were in place were were adequate, that, that they were in fact keeping us safe. And that got me into uh, looking at, looking at it, it, it actually all started just looking at safety data sheets. And yes. then from that, I uh, it got got really closely tied in with the with the safety officer at the time, and it was his encouragement that uh, that led me down the path to to studying a diploma, and then from that I was given a role in health and safety, a minor role in health and safety, and I was able to develop and maintain and monitor processes and make sure that that what we were doing was 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 genuinely safe. And from there, I decided that I wanted my career trajectory to go down the road of health and safety, and I committed to studying a degree. And that was that was how I got to ultimately where I am now. Was down just being really curious about what was going yeah. on in the place that I was working, and 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 you know having that having that that, that questioning mentality of well, is this genuinely safe? Is this not sort of saying this is not safe, but it's yeah. It, it, it's it's all about understanding that what you're doing is safe, and um, and and having having the right processes in place to uh, to to not deviate from from what is uh, you know what is the, the the accepted practice and what is the genuinely safe practice. So yeah, that that was what really got me down this this particular pathway. Yeah. And then from there, I wanted to um, I wanted to expand it to different industries and uh, and look at uh, look at more senior and, and and leadership roles in health and safety. And yeah. uh, that's 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 what's landed me where I am now. So yeah, oh, that's that's great. And do you think that um, you have like if you look at sort of tertiary studies or some some kind of um, you know like a cert for a diploma of WHS versus I don't know just ex- practical experience. Do you think you need both or is it still? Yep. You do need both. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's you you can you can have a lot of book knowledge. Yep. But Applying book knowledge in a practical world is very difficult, mm. and I think that's where some of the uh, where where some industries run into run into problems is that there's there's a very strong focus on book knowledge rather than practical understanding of what's actually going on. Yeah, and uh, that. Is to the detriment of the industries that, uh, that that go down those roads, and I think one of the great things about safety is that it's really being built on practical knowledge rather than book knowledge. And yeah. book knowledge is being sort of more and more um, 
attributed and I think it's being well attributed to the industry. But there's yeah, yeah there's there's still a big focus on that. Um yeah, you on can't not having that you kind of it sounds like you had you got you started doing practical stuff and then you went down and got the um you know, the quals and study to back that up that practice up with some theory. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, I think that's where this industry really has been born from, which is which is yeah. you know, a, a big benefit to to the success of the industry, but also yeah, it's I think it's also been to um to to it's been a detriment to the way that some people view the industry. But yeah. uh that that view I think is steadily changing, which is really good. Oh, that's great, Daniel. Um, well, I've just got five short questions to ask you um, before we wrap up today. Uh, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 34. And what do you like to do to um, keep active or fit? I I run. Uh, that uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my mainstay. But I also get up early in the morning, and uh, I have a workout regime first thing in the morning. So I do push-ups, sit-ups, chin-ups, and yep. uh, that's, yeah, sort of daily daily workout routine. Excellent. Um, how many hours sleep are you getting each night? <sighs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope these all these emergencies aren't keeping you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've got... Um, uh, I've, I've got other things that do sometimes keep me up at night, but I, I do attempt to get anywhere between. I, I have to be honest; I don't get any more than six hours sleep a night. Okay. Uh, I, I try and aim between four and six. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's my sleep ratio. I do not recommend that for everyone. I will say that right out loud, but I function quite well on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I guess you have to you have to know what your own limits are. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and what, like, if you could be remembered for something over your career in health and safety, what would you like to be most remembered for? Do you think? Well, try to ask the big questions, Daniel. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it could be, it, it could be oh, something, you know, something small as well. So whatever you, yeah. whatever just comes to mind. It's interesting. I'd like to be remembered for making health and safety not scary. Yep. Not a not a problematic issue for, for everybody. That's what I'd really like to be remembered for. Okay. And then finally if people wanted to uh connect up with you, how's the best way to get in contact, do you think? Goodness. LinkedIn is a really good way. Yeah, uh, you can uh, you can so, yeah search for Daniel Scott on on LinkedIn. Absolutely, and uh, you're more than welcome to throw my phone number up as well. I answer my phone like all the time. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you want to? Uh, yeah, if you're happy to share that, then. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. More than more than happy to share that. Um, and uh, I, I think the part part of the reason for that is since I've since I've got into the emergency management space, I've realised it's really been a part of the the industry that hasn't had a lot of focus, but it really needs it. It's it's something. I think it's it's a really it's something that can be uh, a really strong factor in a a well-balanced and well-functioning health and safety system in a business. 
Yeah. So do you want to do you want to share your number now, just so we, or you sure. can give it you can give it to me offline. I can put it in the in the show notes, whatever you prefer. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to do both. So my number yep. is zero four zero five zero two nine six Ah, that's brilliant. Okay, Daniel. Well, thanks very much for. Remember, everyone, if you've been enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and and share the episodes with friends. See you next time. Thank you so much, Brendan. 